0: Hey, everybody. Good morning. This is Heidi St. John. It is Monday, May 8th. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is day two. We're talking about legalism versus liberty and what does the Bible have to say about the issues that we are facing today as Christians in the culture. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So last week uh, we recorded a podcast and I was in Ontario, Canada, speaking for the OCHEC convention. I just wanna give a shout out to everybody that I got to have the opportunity to hug and pray with and talk to in Canada this last weekend. It's been a joy and a privilege for me and my husband and our kids to be out on the road uh, this spring, just speaking to families all around the country. I'm heading, actually I have this week off, hallelujah. Can you hear the angels singing? Can you hear him? I can hear him. I've got this week off, so that means this weekend I'm gonna be in my own church. I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, and next weekend, my husband and I are flying to uh, Sparta, New Jersey, where I will be doing Fearless Northeast. If you live anywhere near uh, New Jersey, near the Sparta area, if you're in Connecticut or New York or Pennsylvania, uh, come on out. We still have room for you. We have uh, a sponsor for that particular Fearless event, and so the ticket price is very reasonable. I hope you guys will check it out. I will link back to Fearless Northeast in the show notes today. That event takes place on the 19th and 20th, so just the week after uh, this one. So come on out, you guys. I'm really looking forward to seeing you. All right, so we talked about, so last week we were talking about the difference between legalism and liberty, sort of where I left off on the podcast, and I've been talking about what's going on in the blogosphere and of course, uh, you heard me reference Jen Hatmaker, and I just want to say I'm not trying to pick on Jen Hatmaker. Uh, she just happens to be putting her views out there. And when you do that, and you give, you're giving people to to uh, things to to talk about and to kind of chew on as uh, as Christians. That's what we're doing here today. So I'm sure uh, I've never had the privilege of meeting Jen Hatmaker. I'm sure she's a lovely person. She obviously has a lot of love for people, and that's something I really appreciate about her. I think she's gone off into the weeds with her theology. And I talked about this a little bit last week, just saying, listen, you can't sacrifice truth on the altar of mercy. So we know, according to the Bible, we've already been told what we're supposed to do. Micah 6, 8 says, he has told you, oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with the Lord. And so I totally get the mercy that uh, Jen Hatmaker has in her heart for people that struggle with what what God says is the sin of homosexuality. So on that uh, on that part of it, I t- absolutely and totally agree. Should we be calling these people out and saying their sin is somehow worse than our sin? Absolutely not. But it doesn't change the word of God and it doesn't change the truth of the word. I thought it was interesting, and I'm gonna to reference this article on religionnews.com again today when... Uh, when the author of this uh, particular article, Jonathan Merritt, who's talking about faith in the culture, uh, is basically slamming the church because remember we left off uh, last Friday talking about how he used the words of Jesus in John 16:2, where Jesus said, for you will be expelled from the synagogue and the time is coming when those who, who kill you will think they're doing God a service. So he's talking about people like Jen Hatmaker. So he's saying when when Jen, Jen Hatmaker came out and said, well, you know what? I do think after a careful study of the word, God has changed his mind on this. This isn't really what he meant. Uh, you guys, like I said last week, the word of God is not that difficult to understand. I think we're twisting it, which is exactly what uh, the apostle Paul said was going to happen right? Uh, in Timothy, Paul said that a time was coming when people would no longer listen to sound doctrine and to right teaching, but instead would attune their ears to things that would satisfy their own desires, whatever it is they wanna hear. That was straight out of 2 Timothy 4. And so that was sort of my counter argument to Mr. Merritt saying, listen, uh, Jesus said that a time was coming when people would be expelled from the synagogue and the people who did that and wanted to kill them would think they're doing God a service, except for here's where I disagree with them. I don't think Jen Hatmaker falls into that category. Right? So nobody's expelling her from the synagogue and wanting to kill her. Uh, Certainly, obviously, if anybody wants to kill her, that'd be... But I think there are Christians who are saying, listen, you can't teach something that's contrary to the word of God and expect the evangelical community who reads the word to back you up. So he goes on to say, Jesus may not be prophesying about modern America, but his words remind us that religious people have the tendency to believe that they've been commissioned by God to purify the church of those who refuse to genuflect to whatever Christian warlord is ruling their religion. Well, okay, (laughs) I'm just gonna stop one more time and say, uh, wow, where do you even start with this? It's not our responsibility as believers, and and he, Mr. Merritt is doing this. He's he's accusing other people of doing, but he's doing it himself. He's saying it's it's not uh, our responsibility to purify the church and get rid of those who refuse to uh, to kowtow to whichever Christian warlord is ru- ruling their religion. Listen, there should be no Christian warlord ruling our religion. We are supposed to be humbly walking with God which means we take our marching orders from the word of God. Yes, we have pastors, yes, we have teachers. But this idea that somehow uh the the Christian community for not agreeing with another Christian who comes out in direct uh, opposition to what God's word said, somehow that's uh that's cowtowing to a Christian warlord who's ruling the religion with an iron fist. That's not right. It's just saying, actually, this is what the Word of God says. This is what the Bible says. So he goes. So I'll I'll finish his uh, his article. You know, his his point is that he thinks that Jen Hatmaker what what she did took courage and guts. And I I've, I've told you before, I actually don't think it takes courage and guts to come out and say that you believe what the world says is right. People have been doing that for for a millennia. You want to see courage and guts? Go over to the Middle East and watch people who are giving their lives for the name of Jesus people who are being beheaded and beaten and burned alive, whose kids are being crucified upside down in front of them. Why? Because they're Christians. It doesn't take guts to come out and say that you believe that God's word no longer is the authority on an issue like homosexuality. That doesn't take guts. That's not gutsy. I recoil at this idea that somehow it's gutsy. Listen, uh, I was telling the the families in Ontario this last weekend, there are Christians, like I just said, that are literally giving their lives they're being persecuted and killed for the message of the gospel of Jesus. And here in the United States of America, we're afraid of being unfriended on Facebook because we claim the name of Jesus. Something's wrong with the status quo in the church right now. And uh, for, for conservative Christians who, uh, who want to hold to the authority of scripture, those are the people who many times are being uh, made fun of and mocked and if you stand up for, uh, for God's definition of marriage, you're somehow homophobic. And there are all kinds of labels going around the world right now. We are not here to win a popularity contest. We are here to bring glory to the Lord. We are here to tell people, listen, we are living in a broken world. The Bible says that the creation is literally groaning under the weight of sin. And we see that every day. You don't believe me, just turn on the news. We're groaning under the weight of the sin in the culture, but our response to that should never be to yield to it and decide that that we're just just destined to live in sin. The Bible says, don't grow weary in doing good because at the end of your life, if you don't grow weary, you're gonna reap a harvest. And to me, this is so important. Uh, I wanna take one more issue uh, with uh, Jonathan Merritt's article. Uh, on religionnews.com, where he ends by saying, he says, "I he says, um, if you believe that Jen, Jen Hatmaker's position is an odd one, if you believe that Jen is an outlier, he says, allow me to burst your bubble. Hatmaker is not alone in her views on same-sex relationships. Many evangelicals agree with her. Okay, I'm just gonna stop right. I'm not even gonna read the rest of what he said because it, it doesn't matter if many, if many evangelicals agree with her or not. It only matters is her opinion based on the authority of the word of god and i would argue with you today that it's not and the moment we move our opinions the moment we we take our uh, opinion of what we think the word should say and we say this is actually what the bible says then we've uh then we've waded off into theological weeds and that's kind of where we are as a church right now so many of us in the theological weeds and so i talked about on friday the difference between legalism and liberty and so what we're seeing happen in the church today is kind of a, a response, I believe. And my husband and I have worked in churches for a very long time, at least twenty years, in full time ministry. And of course now, uh, you know, I write books, and uh, my husband and I travel and speak to people all around the world about what it means to to live as Christians in the culture today. But I grew up in a, in a time of legalism, right? Which, frankly, I think was. Uh, the pendulum swing from the liberty of the sixties, right? And so that's what we do as as people, and as cultures, we tend to be in always in some sort of pendulum uh, swing. And so in the seventies, when I grew up, it was all about legalism, and you were your Christianity was defined by the things that you did, and we had a checklist of things that were right and things that were wrong. And as long as we stayed in the in those lines and we did the things on that checklist, then we considered ourselves uh, good before the Lord. So go to church on Sunday, check. you know, uh, Read reading your Bible, check. You pray before your meals, check. This became a checklist. Don't smoke, don't chew, don't go with girls who do. Check, 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 right? And this becomes the checklist. And somehow we think that justifies us, which of course it doesn't because the Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags before the Lord. We are only justified by faith in Jesus. Jesus' death on the cross is what makes us even able to stand before the Father at all and because of his death on the cross jesus said listen live don't don't live like my death on the cross was meaningless live in right relationship with me read my word it's going to teach you to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright godly lives in this present age that's from titus 2 and so this was the legalism right that we were steeped in and legalism just produces rotten fruit at the end of the day because it it makes it so that we're not actually listening to the holy spirit so, for example, if I got on the the podcast and gave you a list of things that you couldn't couldn't watch on Netflix because, you know, rub me the wrong way as a as a woman of faith, then that doesn't really help you at the end of the day, right? What you need to be doing is listening for the Holy Spirit. So, I talked about this a lot in uh, at Fearless in Houston a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to talk about it more next week when I go and speak at Fearless in Sparta, New Jersey. But I was telling these women, you know I'm noticing. That we're struggling in the culture right now just to do basic things that require personal holiness on our part. And by personal holiness, the holy, holy just means set apart, right? God said, be holy. Why? Because he is holy. He set apart. We're not supposed to look like the world. We're not supposed to blend in. So we have to kind of go from this, this, this list of, you know, here's this 10 things that you do and don't do, or you don't do because you're a Christian. And when we uh, look at those lists of things to do, it keeps us from listening to the Holy Spirit. And we should be encouraging each other to listen to the Holy Spirit. So, I was the example I used uh, in Houston was to say, listen, you know, I struggled with something I was watching on Netflix, and I knew that I knew that I knew in my spirit that God was saying, please don't watch that, you know, because, you know, I live here in your heart, <laughs> right? And I just was, I was convicted that I was watching something that wasn't pleasing to the Lord. Now, before you guys all start sending me, You know emails and getting all upset. I wasn't watching porn I was watching just a show that basically didn't need to have the junk the extra junk in it that was in it The storyline was great But in order to follow the story you had to watch a whole bunch of stuff that god said just don't even Don't do that. Whatever's good. Whatever's right. Think about those things, right? And so I knew that it wasn't right I also realized pretty quickly that I had a self-control problem because god was saying don't do that and I was doing it anyway And the first time I ever uh, spoke about this, I was in Tampa, Florida at another fearless event. And a guy came up from the back of the room as soon as I was done, demanding to know what it was I was watching. And I said, I'm not gonna tell you, (laughs) right? He goes, I wanna know, I need to know what what you were watching. And I said, I'm not gonna tell you. He said, why, because you're embarrassed? And I said, no, but yes. (laughs) I was kind of embarrassed that I was watching it. Why was I embarrassed? Because like Eve, when she realized she was naked, she was embarrassed. Right? And so, yeah, was I embarrassed that I was watching something that wasn't pleasing the Lord? Absolutely, but that wasn't the reason that I wasn't telling him what it was. I said, I'm not gonna tell you the name of the show because I want you to listen for the Holy Spirit for yourself. We should be encouraging each other. Listen, you guys, the, the, <laughs> the Bible didn't tell your pastor to suit up for you to get into the spiritual war that you engage in every single morning when you open your eyes. He said, you put it on. It's not your pastor's responsibility to put the armor of God on for us. It's our responsibility to do it. And that means that that rather than operate in legalism and have a checklist of things that makes us right or wrong according to the according to somebody else, we listen for the Word of God. Now there obviously, there are several things in the Bible. You want a checklist? Uh tank bam is probably a good place to start. <laughs> right? There are checklists, but there are also areas of personal accountability not every issue. In fact, I would say most of them, of the little issues that we deal with every day are not specifically addressed in the Bible. And God is saying, walk with me. So legalism is when my personal responsibility, my personal conviction rather, becomes your responsibility. In other words, I just gave you, this is the name of that show on Netflix. That was my personal conviction. God said, Heidi, don't do that. That's not for you. Heidi, don't have more than one glass of wine with your dinner. That's not for you. Right, and so the moment my personal conviction becomes your responsibility, and I lay that on you. I've crossed over into legalism. Liberty is the polar opposite of legalism. So now, so so picture a pendulum swinging from one side, which is legalism, to the other side, which is liberty, and that is where we are as a culture right now. We have swung dangerously close to being on the absolute top end of the pendulum swing of liberty in the culture. That's where you see uh, uh, people like Jen Hatmaker. Saying, actually, God's changed His mind on the issue of homosexuality because God loves people. Well, she's right; God loves people, but God hasn't changed His stance on the sin of homosexuality. The Bible is very clear on this issue, but because of liberty, and we see this, uh, I, I can think of you know churches around the country whose men's Bible studies aren't studying the Bible anymore. They're uh, making beer instead. Do I have a problem with beer? No, that's not the point. My, problem, my, my point is we've swung over to legalism. There is an, an aspect of walking with God that says we are supposed to be set apart, look different from the world. So if, if, we're supposed, if we're trying to study the word in church, which we should be, we can make beer any old time. But we should be studying the word and doing exactly what we said that we were gonna be trying to do as Christians and as people who, in, who are trying to walk in right relationship with Jesus. So what does it look like? Once we swing over into liberty, we've forgotten that the tension of walking with God, the, the challenging part of it is really to be in the middle, somewhere between uh, needing a checklist and going so far over into liberty that we uh, don't care that our lives are supposed to look different, that we're supposed to live uh, uh, self-controlled, upright lives in the age that we're living in. Why i'm just going to finish off this session today because uh titus 2 goes on to say That the reason that we do that Well, let me just all back up titus 2 verse 3 says likewise teach the older women to be reverent in the way They live not to be slanders or addicted to much wine But to teach what is good Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled There's that word again to be self-controlled and pure To be busy at home to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Why is it that we're supposed to live self-controlled and upright lives in this present age, not be addicted to too much wine, to love our husbands and our children and be self-controlled and pure and busy at home and kind? Those two little words say it all, so that. So that no one will malign the word of God. The truth is, you guys, your lives and my life, our lives as believers are speaking for us. Our lives are speaking for us. Paul goes on to say in verse seven, in everything, set an example. In everything, set an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. Why? There's those two words again, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. So when we start saying, oh, it's it's us against the homosexuals, and we start saying that for some reason, homosexuality is worse than any other sin that separates us from a holy God, there, they, we give everybody who is on that side of, the, of, of the, the aisle an opportunity to say something bad about us because that is not a clear reflection of God's heart for mankind. We need to be living a life that says, follow me as I follow Christ. Our lives are speaking for us. Listen, you guys, I'm out of time for today. I went over because as you can tell, I'm a little passionate about this subject, but I wanna encourage you, get into the word of God. When you read something online and you're and you're thinking, man, that really, that tells me what I wanna hear, but is that what the Bible says? Can I just encourage you, go to the word of God for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Open up your Bible, read the book of Titus. Get into the scripture writing challenge with me. We are uh, writing our way through the book of James in the month of May. James is really uh, kind of a, a more modern they're dressed in more modern apparel, I guess, uh, version of the book of Proverbs. And it's an encouragement to us yes, as Christians to say, hey, what does it look like to live for Jesus? What does it look like to be ambassadors for Christ? Our lives are speaking for us. I'm gonna end with 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 today where the apostle Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Can we say what Paul said, if not, it's time to get back before the father and say, Lord, do exactly what David did. Search me and try me and see if there's anything in my life that doesn't bring glory to you. Because at the end of the day, you guys, we're going home and we're going to stand before the Lord. And we want to hear, well done good and faithful servant. I hope you guys are enjoying this Monday. We're gonna come back on Wednesday with a brand new podcast for you. And also wanna encourage you to uh, tune in next Monday because our friends Mark and Jill Savage are gonna be on the podcast talking about their new book, No More Perfect Marriages. They have an incredible story of recovering from uh, their marriage, recovering from the pain of an affair and of adultery. And I think you guys are gonna be really encouraged. So make sure you let people know about this podcast, leave a review for it over on iTunes, and I will see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.